Welcome back, everybody. It is, what's today, March 21st? It is March 21st today. And we are in the beginning or the middle of um, our first confirmation hearing, I guess, for the first female black, uh, first black female Supreme Court justice nominee. Yes. Um, and we already see it's getting ready. It's going to be a rough road. I actually got a picture just about 30 minutes ago from somebody who's actually rallying in front of the um, the Capitol building down there right now. It's a group of women, black women, who are rallying. Um, because we already see, like, this nominee is being treated a little differently um, than previous nominees. So just to kind of recap, I think there was an article that came out over the weekend by, um, I forgot the senator's name, Holly, or something like that, where he tried to point, pinpoint the fact that um, Judge Jackson represented people who were convicted of child pornography crimes. Yeah. Um, gave lighter sentences to people of child pornography is what they're they're basically accusing her of yeah but my thing is that but then he said didn't he mention something about her representing them too if i read right or maybe i'm missing miss misreading that she because she remembers she was a public defender before she was anything right, right? she which was a federal yeah. public defender right which means that she represented all mm -hmm. sorts yeah of criminals yeah, but this is the thing that's so, interesting. Like, I think I've already read that she represented people who did child pornography. Right. Um, that she may have sentenced some people who did that. Um, she represented people who were terrorists in Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> Wasn't her job as a um, public yeah. defender to represent to, people, even though they're heinous crimes? Like, you right. still have to rep they still they still to get representation. Yeah. So, what's the difference? Besides the obvious. That she's that I mean it could just be I mean meaning that she's black I mean is, is that the difference possibly but I mean she's not the only one who has given lighter sentences to um, uh, child porn uh, uh, people who have engaged in child pornography so and have been convicted she's not the only one. And to, you know, to try to pinpoint that is really kind of, uh, it is misleading as if, yeah. you know, she, oh, she's all for, she's on the side of because she defended them. But that was her job as a public defender. That's the part that throws me off, I think, a little bit about her is that they're, so the Senate's job by, by the Constitution is to, um, I forgot how they put it in the Constitution, but I'm going to paraphrase it. It's literally to look at a person and make sure that the president has nominated somebody who's qualified to do the job, period. That's the whole um, consent, and I forgot the other term I used, but it's literally just to look and make sure the person's qualified. Right. So let's just look at the last couple of nominees. Brett Kavanaugh, right? right? We know that he went before the Senate. A woman came out a couple of, like as soon as he was nominated, said that, hey, when I was in college, Brett Kavanaugh took advantage of me. Right. She spoke at his hearing. Right. He got confirmed. Yes. Mm -hmm. Amy, um, Amy Barrett. Last, she got confirmed, I think, a week and a half before, or two weeks before the last election, which they stopped Obama's nominee, who was Merrick Garland at the time. When Obama nominated him almost a year before his time out of office, right. they stopped this thing, but they rushed Amy Barrett through with almost three weeks left before the election, right. and she got confirmed. What I mean, yeah, you know I'm saying, like, Judge Jackson, she was, so you're, you're going after her for doing her job. Her job was to defend these people. Um, whether or not you like it or not, that's what defense attorneys do. Right. It is their job. You know, I found another article saying about talking about Dick, Sher uh, Dick Durbin. Dick Durbin. And uh, Senator, uh, Senate uh, Judiciary Committee Chairman Dick Durbin, 
who represents Illinois. Illinois. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that, and they're both Republicans, but he was saying that uh, uh, Republican Josh Hawley was that this is it's just a thinly, and I quote uh, by this article I've read, that it was a thinly veiled swipe, meaning that, you know, what you're talking about, man, really has no... No merit. You know, it's funny because I, I think back to Lindsey Graham <coughs> voted for her because she just went through a nomination hearing last year mm-hmm. um, where she was getting ready. Joe Biden had actually appointed her to sit on the um, D.C. circuit, um, which is like compared to when it comes to like federal courts, the Supreme Court sits here, the D.C. circuit literally right is right behind her, right? Yeah. Um, she got confirmed. And, and it's sad because we call it a bipartisan vote, but she got three Republican senators. Um, Lindsey Graham supported her. Um, Susan Mc- Susan Collins from I think Alaska supported her, mm-hmm. and I forgot the last one, but it's um, another senator, and I forget where she's from, but she supported her as well, right? And now immediately after she was nominated, um, what's his name? Um, Lindsey Graham came out and was like, "Well, the, the extreme left has gotten away because he wanted Joe Biden to appoint another African American woman who was actually another judge who was actually from South Carolina." So have we gotten to the point where politics is all about either you give me what I want? I go in the corner and I pout and kick until I get what I want. Like, so he's not going to vote. For, so he's looking like he's not going to vote for her. Right. All because of the fact that Biden didn't nominate the person he wanted him to nominate, who would have still been a black woman and still would have been an awesome Supreme Court justice. Um, and she has a really stellar record. But this is probably, Judge Jackson's probably the most qualified person yeah. that we've ever nominated to the bench. And out of everybody who's on the bench right now, She's probably more qualified than at least four, four of the people I can tell you off the back right. um, who's done that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't... And, yeah. you know, when you talk about the people who, have, uh, who are the sitting uh, uh, Supreme Court justices, you got to remember Thomas mm-hmm. had, uh, uh, and they had a big old what to do when, when Anita, I forget her name. Anita, uh, not Anita um, uh, Baker, but I want to call her Anita uh, Baker. But Anita I something. I forget her last name. Sorry. But the, the point yeah. is... Anita Hill. Hill, thank you. And she, you know, that was a big what to do about that. Yet he was still appointed. Appointed. Mm-hmm. You know, so we can't we can't really discount the fact that she's qualified. So they're okay, so you can try to throw some dirt at her. But the dirt that's being thrown at her is nowhere near as serious. The previous, as, as the current sitting judges that are on there, and, you know, it's nowhere near as, as serious, um, it, you know, it, because what they're trying to, the dirt that they're trying to throw at her is something that she was doing her job and there are countless other judges who, while doing their job, Still had to give, you know. Still ended up giving, you know, lighter sentences to uh, these uh, child pornographers. Yeah, and and, and I, I I keep the reason why I want to try to draw draw back away from that, right? Because I don't want it to make it seem like the act of child pornography is not something that's oh, that's okay, right? No, right. It's, so it's I'm not okay. I'm using that that as an example of just them trying to destroy her character, right? When this was her job to do so. So, I mean, right now, there's a congressman who is under, I think he's under investigation. Um, and he's been under investigation for like a year for some of these same kind of stuff, child pornography, all this kind of, the kind of stuff, right? Nothing has been done to him in the house. Nothing. He still goes around, he's shallow, making, raising millions of dollars. Nothing has been done. 
Um, but why is it that it seems like every single time a black person has pushed the barrier a little further, it seems like they come back and they try to push back against us? And for you, I mean, you are a black woman, young black mm-hmm. woman, right? I would think that yeah. it's exciting for you guys to be able to see that there's no that, that the limits that are out there. Because not only being you're a woman, you're black, right? You have two negatives against you. Mm-hmm. Um, but how does how do you feel about all this? Like with everything that's going on. Um, I mean, I'm I'm definitely proud of Miss Jackson and, and everything um, that's coming her way. It's not surprising to me because they did the same thing. Um, and I know it's different, but they did this with Kamala Harris, and that was someone that I was very excited for. I really like Kamala Harris because I have followed her in her her past. Um, but when I posted her celebrating her, I had a lot of my followers just demeaning, you know, to call her all types of names, and I was just like, it's not that. You know her past is 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 um, squeaky clean, but at the same time, like you said, she was just doing her job, and we we don't compare her to to um, like her white counterparts because, like you said, it's just a different comparison. Yeah, so, I mean, you even think about Mike Pence was the vice president of this country for four years. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden was the president vice president before him for eight years. Mm-hmm. The scrutiny that Kamala Harris gets has been totally different. Yeah. Than what Mike Pence got, that mm-hmm. what Joe, um, Senator Joe Biden got, which was before that was Dick Cheney. I mean, right. Dick Cheney literally fed us a lie mm-hmm. to get us into Iraq, and still the way they talk about him is totally different. Totally. Um, and, and we can keep going back. Al Gore was not um, depicted the way that these people, I mean, the, the way that they're depicting Kamala Harris, but it seems like every single time, as, and this is the part that bothers me because white America will tell us that black America is too sensitive. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and this is something I hear like all the time. Like you guys are just too sensitive. Like, oh, they didn't mean it that way. Oh, yeah. But I mean, and these are the same white Americans who are Christian belt white Americans, mm-hmm. right? right? And there's a verse in the Bible that clearly says, "From the uh, from 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 the heart from from the from the heart the mouth speaks." Right? Basically, right. mean like what's in your heart eventually has to come out of your mouth. So how do we keep going with the excuse like, oh, they didn't mean it that way when that's the way they said it, right? Right. Um, the fact that when she was first nominated, people were upset. They were upset because it was like, why would Joe Biden commit to nominating a black woman? Like, Man. what's the difference, right? Right. Ronald Reagan, right? Ronald Reagan, when he nominated, I think he, or was it Bill Clinton or Ronald Reagan, when they nominated, or let's just use, okay, let's go with the George Bush father, right? He nominated Clarence Thomas to the bench, right? right. When he nominated Clarence Thomas to the bench, he made it very well known that he was nominating a black man to the bench to replace, um, um, what's his name? Oh, God, I'm going to. Um, the one who sat on the bench before Clarence Thomas, the first black um, Thurgood Marshall, right? right? Before he he wanted to appoint another black man to sit in the seat of Thurgood Marshall, and he appointed um, Clarence Thomas. There was not no hoot and holler about it, right? People right. wasn't going crazy, and it, it beckons that whether this is race race issue or rather our politics have become so cynical that we can't even be fair about the way we do politics anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, is it that cynical? Because, I mean, obviously, George George H.W. Bush, I mean, the black man. There was not this, this much behind it, right? Um, Joe Biden, who's a Democrat, points out to a black woman, and now, like, the world is on fire. Right. Yeah. Anything? <laughs> I mean, no, I agree. I mean, I, I think it, 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 it's just, that's, that's the world we live in. Like, people... Especially with social media, it's it's almost like if we take it to like cancel culture, it's like 
do one thing that's wrong or we're, we're looking at you in a scope a judgmental scope but it's like we don't we don't look at it. like there's nothing in this article that talks about the things that she has done um, the, the people that she has represented so that's going to be common for her but I think at the end of the day all we have to do is, is stay strong and, and just be happy you know at the end of the day I'm, I'm very excited that you know the Supreme Court you know, nominated her and I believe that if we just keep pushing past all this media talk, that everything will be And fine. it will become a real issue because the reality is that she mm -hmm. has to get 50 votes, right? She right. has to get 51 votes, period. Yeah. Um, what holds that up is that we know we have 48, right? Mm -hmm. um, we know we have 49 with Kamala Harris because she could be a tie-breaking vote uh, with Vice President Kamala Harris. Mm -hmm. There's still two Democratic senators out there who have really seem like they've made a living off of destroying everything that Joe Biden said yes to. Um, right. well, um, Senator Manchin and um, Senator Manchin and Senators um, Cinema, right? Um, so I, I just the reason why I want to bring this up is because this is the beginning again of our confirmation hearings, and I believe that as people, not only just as Black people, as people in general who care about the Constitution, care about what the rules of what the rules of the game are, mm -hmm. we have to be vocal and let the Senate know that we expect for them to give her a fair trial. Uh, we expect for them to be fair. Go through the process, go through the question process, go through the vetting process, but let's be fair in the process, right? And um, let's not try to set president on this one because the black community ain't fun to have it. Um, we're not gonna have it. Because um, you've already like, in, in some way, fashion, form, you've already got us to somewhat, us, when I say us, to turn against our own first African-American female and African-American, I mean, African-American female, or our first female in African-American vice right. president. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I don't want her to end up in the same boat. And, and, and for Republicans, I don't get the politics of it because it's not like her going on the bench is going to change the, the dynamic of how they vote right now, right? right. We know that this, this Supreme Court is a lot more conservative than it is liberal because they have um, Chief Justice Roberts, they have Clarence Thomas, they have um, Brett Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh, they have... Um, Neil Gorsuch, they have the one I just mentioned, the, the female, um, Amy, Amy Barrett, right? right? So it's still five to four because five to three or whatever it is, five to three. So, I mean, it's not like it's going to change the dynamic of the Supreme Court. All she's doing is they're replacing one liberal with another liberal. Right. Um, and she's not that liberal either. If you look at her track record, she's not that liberal. The only thing that makes her different is that I don't know why we have a view in America that good, only good judges that are made of people who used to be former prosecutors, right? Um, that's not the case. Um, one of the things that I dislike about our system so much is that we do have a lot of people who sit in the DA's office and sit in all these other state attorney's offices who the only experience they have is being a part of the DA, right? right. Um, so when they sit before a person, they sit before somebody who's convicted of a crime, the only way they can look at them is a person who's guilty automatically, right? Um, and we've been in courtrooms where we've seen this happen where the judge would declare a person guilty before they even had a chance to be tried in the court system, right? Because they come from that background. What's wrong with her being a former, um, a former, uh, a former public defender representing the people? Like I don't, I don't get that that becomes an argument. It, it, and it, it shouldn't. And it, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, maybe Holly uh, uh, has a personal vendetta. Maybe, you know, or maybe he's just playing politics for his future down the road. Maybe, uh, and he's a senator, but I mean, you know, he may have aspirations 
you know, future aspirations. He, he has aspirations to run for president. And setting himself up as, as being against an incoming um, judge. So, you know, that, that kind of helps set the stage for, you know, it's not so much, he needs to make a rough, he needs to ruffle, you know, um, disturb the water, if you will, now as he gears up towards running for president in his future. So looking back on it, you can say, well, I was the first one who said yada, yada, yada about, you know, Judge Jackson. So it well, what were you be, about to say, Bree? Um, I was just gonna say. I mean, maybe he just doesn't want that for her. I mean, it could be envy. It could be. It could be all tight. I mean, and, and this is something that we don't know. But at the end of the day, I mean, when when certain people get to a to a successful place, a lot of different people want to tear them down, and we've right. seen that before with a lot of African American people. So it's not surprising to me that he, you know, were to come out with this information. So all she can do is is keep is keep carrying on because at the end of the day, so many people are so ecstatic for this change, yeah. and who knows why you know his reason? But I'm guessing he just doesn't want to see her succeed, and that's just what it is. And it's also and I think it has a mix between two. Not only does he not want to see her succeed, but he also has high aspirations. He plans on running for president. Right. President so Trump doesn't yeah, run. It's yeah, it's both. I mean, for him, mm -hmm. he's feeding to a party that doesn't want Judge Jackson to be on the bench, right? Um, that has broken all the rules and the guidelines. They pushed through three Supreme Court justices mm -hmm. um, by literally breaking the rules and changing changing the filibuster. That's the in yeah, fact right now the, the the filibuster it used to be where a Supreme Court justice would require sixty votes. Yeah. The reason why it only requires fifty one is because Republicans changed the rules in order mm -hmm. to push through people to to get that to get that done right. And now we're sitting we're sitting in a place where like. We can't get anything passed because when we need to break the filibuster for like the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, mm -hmm. the um, George Floyd Policing Act, right? We can't break it because we have two senators who feel like it's untouchable. You can't touch the old rule. But the reality is that the filibuster was really put in place to keep different things in place, to keep different segregation methods in place. Yeah. Um, because they knew that, I don't get it, like, uh, it should, like our system, and it, and it makes us beckon, like, to ask ourselves if, if our system really works, right? If 100 million people vote for um, Hillary Clinton mm -hmm. and 68 million people vote for Donald Trump, there should be no reason why the voice of 68 million is louder than the voices of 100 million, right? Um, it's the same kind of concept. If 51 senators vote for Judge Jackson or whomever, why do we need to get the, to, the, to the vote yeah. of 60? Right. And I, you know, like you say, you may mention about the filibuster and stuff and them breaking the rules to get it done, uh, to, you know, to push through their, their three uh, candidates and everything. I mean, uh, personally, I think, that, you know, I don't want to say it, but I am going to say it. They need to go ahead and play dirty just like the Republicans. Go ahead and get the votes that you need. To, you know, change the change the rule back. But the problem is, is that the problem Democrats have right now is that they're not united enough. Yeah, um, see, and what's going to happen is that that part. And and I'm, again, I'm not saying whether I'm in support of Democrats or Republicans. What I'm saying is that I'm in support of the rule of law, right? And like for me, I personally believe that we need to have a, a conversation in America. If it's or a conversation in America about are the policies that are in place 
are they still dealing with a time from the 1800s? Are they really dealing with the reality of what 2022 involves, right? Right. Um, and it's just like no different than a business. Like my business, if, if I'm used to using typewriters in the 1990s, um, I have to address, I have to change, and I have to make and train people to do, do it a different way because computers are totally different than typewriters, right? Um, we, have a, we have a law, we have a system that was built around Jim Crow, that was built around slavery, mm-hmm. that was built around depressed or keeping people down, right? Yes. That we have not taken the time out to say, hey, let's look at it and let's see how we can make it more fair. Yeah. The fact that we're in 2020, I think it was 2016 or 2014, Obama signed something called the, um, I forgot, but it's the Libby something, I think, I forgot her first name, but Libby Act. And what that did is that I said that a woman, if she was in the same position of a man and comes with the same experience, she deserves the right to be paid equally, right. just as much as the man, right? But that was a conversation we we're just having in 2014, 2000, yeah. 2008, whatever it was, right? In the 2000s, right? right? When we have had women who have lost their life in the early in the 1960s, 1940s, 1920s for the right of women to have a right to vote and to be um, accounted for in society, but we're still having that same. So even when we talk about that, the fact that we're still fighting in 2022 for just a simple right to vote, it tells you a lot about the and, and, and the fact that they can get away with limiting our right to vote because the Constitution gives them that right to do so makes us, we really have to go back and really check ourselves and say, like, it's time for us to look at the Constitution. Yeah, it's time and to rewrite that Constitution. It's time to revamp it, to make it 2022. It, it, yeah. um, it's not set up for us. But it's, but you but it's not set up for a lot of people. It's, it's not set up for not, women. It, it's only right. set up for... Uh, and I, uh, I'm not convinced. Anyone disenfranchised that's not set up, even, or minority, or women, or any Women. <laughs> I mean, you guys are thinking it's so politically no, correct. No, but the sentence. Well, because I, I was just going <laughs> to say for exactly who it's set up for, which is basically white males. Yeah. yeah. But, I'm, but again, it's not set up, but then when you say that, it's not set up for, but we, I'm very careful when I say it because there's some white males who sit down there. Yeah, there's some white males who are poor, right. who sit down in rural Georgia, mm-hmm. where the only grocery store they have, which um, I think Fred Swan brought this up on our right. show one time, is Dollar General. But these people are working and busting their behind every day to go out there and work on a farm to, so that we have food to eat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it's not set up for them, right? So for when we have this conversation, I think that part of the problem mm-hmm. is that black America has to stop presenting it as just being an issue that affects us, right? right. Yeah. When your right. vote, when your right to vote is suppressed, it affects everybody. It does. When, when your wife can't get paid for what the work that she's doing, like she's not getting a fair wage for the work that she's doing, that affects everybody. When you have children who are being penalized in the system or being suspended from school, all and it's being suspended at like a high rate, that affects everybody. Um, when we don't, when we can't get food, you know what I'm saying? Like these politicians every day, they're cheating the system. I think I, you brought up an article about a family, I think Black Voters Matter family mm-hmm. um, last week, who was prosecuted oh, because yes. of they said they misused the, the funding, right? Yes. Funding. That's what twenty five thousand dollars, or whatever it was. That says two million dollars, mm-hmm. right? It says one hundred fifty eight. But in Congress, in Congress, yeah, every day they're misappropriating funds. Mm-hmm. They're doing all this kind of stuff, and they get away with it every single day. Yeah. This guy who I mentioned in Congress, who's been sure. for two years now, they've been investigating him for messing with teenage girls and all this kind of stuff. Two years. The average person, it takes them three months to prosecute them or bring charges against them. So again, it goes back to the fact that. Um, America is a system that seems like that's defined about your wealth gives you power, right? Yeah. And that's the reason why we, and even when you think about crime, that's the reason why we have kids 
breaking into cars. We have mm-hmm. kids robbing people because they, in their head, they interpret the fact that if, if, if I'm going to have power in America, I have to have wealth, right? And that's not the way it should be. It shouldn't be that way, right? You, power should not be defined by how much money you have in the bank account. Power should be defined by how much, how, how active you got there, but you're behind to actually make a living for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that, it's funny because that's something that we lost. Like my grandmother's generation, they went out there and they worked every day in the field, right? They went out there and worked in the cotton field. They went out there and did whatever they had to do. One of the stories I love so much about my grandmother is that when I was first born, I'll tell the story all the time, when I was first born, my grandma was in the process of losing her sight. So she wasn't driving at the time. My grandmother had, um, she had, you know, she wasn't driving. She had a husband who had left her with a home, left her with her child who she raised. Um, but at the same time, now she had three grandchildren that she was trying to raise, plus take care of her mother. Look at my work for Saks Avenue. She was not making a whole bunch of money back then, right. and she was in the process of losing her sight. But she got on the bus every day, went from Saks Avenue to the hospital to visit me, go back home and prepare a meal for her family, um, and still took care of everything and paid off her own house. We've lost that spirit in America because now we attach, once again, that you, um, if you're going to be famous, if you're going to be great, right, if you're going to be break the needle, then you have to have money, you have to have cars, you have to have all this. When for me, one of the things I, I feel like I'm blessed is because I don't see success that way. I see success as, as being that as long as I'm happy with my life, as long as I can lay down at night and I get sleep at night, as long as if I need to go out of town and I can afford to do it or I don't have to worry about my lights just being cut off in the middle of the night, for me, I'm successful, right? But our children are not being raised that way. Um, and, and, and we have songs out here, and we ain't going to get on music, but there's one song in particular I used, to, I used to like the tone of it, but the words of the lyrics was, I just want to be successful. I just want the money, the money in the cars, the cars and the clothes, I suppose. I just want to be, I just want to be successful. Um, and again, that's the image we paint to people. Right. So we can't be upset when kids out here robbing each other and trying to steal. And that's why I like, I'm a supporter of uniforms in school. Why? It limits a lot of heartache for some kids who can't, who family can't afford those new Jordans on that first day of school, right? right? right. Um, people out here hurting, and I don't think as a, as a society and as a country, we're doing ourselves any justice. Um, mm-hmm. And definitely, even when it goes back to Judge Jackson, like, this lady has worked her behind off to get to this place. Uh, she tells a story, I remember one time when I met her, like years ago when I first met her, she told a story, and she told it at think at our nomination. She actually told a story how she went to a guidance counselor was like in high school, as a senior, mm-hmm. and said, "I want to go to Harvard Harvard Law School." And her guidance counselor looked at her and said, "Don't dream that big, right?" right. But she pushed back through all of that, still dreamed big. Went to Harvard, graduated, I think magna cum laude at her school, and ended up becoming a, a, a federal um, public defender, a judge, sitting on the second highest court in the land. And now she's been nominated to the highest court in the land. And as a country, if we can't honor that, then shame on us. You would clap for her. For real, kudos. kudos. No, for, for real. real. But I do want to go back to what you said. Um, I do feel like we are divided. And I think media kind of paints a picture that like it's either just a black issue or a white issue or an Asian issue. But anything that oppresses us is a human issue and it, it kind of has a trickle effect that's going to affect us in the long run so we do need to kind of get together and not try to separate each other just because race pers- yeah. yeah just because it doesn't personally like we should always have a black agenda you know but at the end of the day it shouldn't they they want to make it seem like it's separated so that so nothing gets done Like even now, we look at Florida. Florida just passed a bill now recently, last week, after they passed their um, Don't Say Gay bill, or that's the the nickname for it. They immediately went right after Disney. 
um, and and went after their policies. Don't say gay. Yeah, don't say gay. Basically, so in Florida, if you were a child who didn't want to go to your parents and say, hey, um, mm-hmm. I didn't want to go to my parents and admit that I was gay, right? Mm-hmm. You were allowed to go to, you know, you went to your teacher. You went to somebody you felt comfortable with. Now, if you go to your teacher, your teacher by law has to go to your parents and be like, oh, your child is gay. Um, and that it causes a lot of problems because some kids don't feel comfortable going to their families right. um, because they don't feel comfortable coming out, right? Or safe. Or safe. But now, right after they passed that bill, then they went right back behind that and they passed the bill now in the state of um, Florida where Disney can't train people that, hey, um, like about racial issues, right? Um, about like, let's say that you can't mm-hmm. say that it's, you can't call me blackie or something like that. They can't do that in the training now. Literally, they just passed this last week. Um, to limit us from talking about people's age, their race, the, or and saying that people have been discriminated against because of their race. And basically what it says is that they don't want CRT, not only do they not want it in the school, which we know is not in the schools, yeah. um, they don't want it on the, on the workforce. So again, and not only, and when Florida did it, now Georgia's taking up its own legislation of don't say yes, gay. Yeah, um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's, it's just, a, it's a trickle effect. And it started with that, but it, it really also talks about, like you said, critical race theory. It, like, so I get, yeah. Yeah, so, but the thing is, though, it's interesting. It's, again, for, for and if African Americans want to become powerful, one of my favorite verses in the Bible says that for, um, for, for my people perish for lack of knowledge, right? And whether you're biblical or not, it's a very true statement because what it means is that the more you don't know, the more that can be slapped on you because you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand how my local politics benefit me. So, you know, I'm not going to go vote for my local commissioner and my local um, representative, my local chairman or mayor, right? right? And I understand that the taxes that I really pay into the city is yeah, directed by those people, yeah. right? Um, lack of knowledge, right? Um, not understanding that, hey, if we don't get um, Judge Jackson on the court, the impact it's going to have on the, on the system, lack of knowledge, right? So we just have to really, I think we have to do more to educate ourselves. And if we want, want to become powerful, um, somebody, I remember somebody told me a, a long time ago, it's not knowledge that makes you powerful, it's applied knowledge that makes you powerful. So we have to take the knowledge that we do have and apply it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have to apply it because if not, we will get left behind. And we think it's bad now. Mm-hmm. When we all back on, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I always be worse. And it will and it will get and, and slowly but surely, yeah, they're not asking me to look at a jar and say how many beans in the jar, but now they're saying, Hey, don't bring water to your grandma who's eighty years old sitting in line. I was gonna say when I would, when we I went to Selma and I went to the museum and they actually had some jars with jelly beans in them. And I've had, I you know, and I've found it really interesting because this It was at the museum though, right? I, yeah, yeah, it was at the museum. And this was how you know folks were supposed to be able to, to register. That to was register, just to register the to vote, register yeah, the vote. and stuff. Just little things like that that really held uh, uh, people back and couldn't vote for you know locally, much less for the state or you know presidential. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- it seems as if they're just slowly turning back the hands of time to yeah. to going back into that. Yeah, but it uh, but. <clears throat> the success of that re- requires our help, yeah. which mm-hmm. is for us not to be participants, yeah. for us to not have any understanding, for us not to use any kind of wisdom, uh, for us to just allow uh, the status quo, if you will, to go unchecked and to move in the direction that it's going without, without us being able to have a say. And if we allow it, then shame on us for doing so. 
because we end up getting the dirty end of the stick at the end of the day. Yeah. So. So that's what about to say, Bri. I felt like he was about to say something else. I was about to say something. I totally forgot. Um, mm. You saw that. Mm, mm, mm. I totally forgot. But yes, I do. I do agree with all of that. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah. It, I mean, it's just it's just important that we we continue to be involved. Um, I think it's it's almost like strategically put in place that. Oh, this is what I was gonna say. So distractions. The reason why I feel like we we don't really care much about politics that's going on is like we're so distracted right now. Like we got like people would rather watch Netflix series and act than you know do the research and try to figure out the knowledge and, and what's going on. What helped me when I graduated college, I kind of fell into this like rabbit hole and I wanted, I listened to Angela Wright, that was my girl. And then when I when I came across her, who was a familiar face to me, I was like, wow, I should actually, I need to learn about these politics. I need to learn about these policies. There's so much stuff that's going on that I have no idea about. Mm -hmm. And that's what made me kind of fall into that rabbit hole. So it's like letting go of those distractions. And it doesn't even take that long to educate yourself. You don't even need to be 100% familiar. You know, it just takes like 30 minutes to the hour just to get knowledgeable about certain things that's going on. So just that's all I wanted to say. Well, before we close out, I wanted to share this too. So if you are in the D.C. area, I got a text from a friend of mine who's been out there protesting. Um, they said that um, just all is good. No, wrong person. Sorry. Um, Tuesday, Adam did the Supreme Court around noon. And Thursday, there's the day of labor in D.C. So if you're in D.C. area, Tuesday, they'll be out there protesting in front of the um, Supreme Court. And on Thursday is the day of labor, and next week is Faith Week, so I'm having an interfaith speak on 3.30. Um, so, yeah, we have a lot of things going on in D.C., and if you can afford to get down there, even if you can't, pick up the phone, call your senator, let them know that we're not going to play politics with this, right? Um, treat her fairly, and as long as you treat her fairly, we're good. But until next time, I know tomorrow we have a podcast where I think Bree and James, you will be on there talking about, was it? No, you and Ali tomorrow, right? You and Ali tomorrow. Oh. Yeah, talking about what? What are you guys going to be talking about tomorrow, James? I'm not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't the gas prices. The gas prices. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, talking about the gas prices and things that are going on in Ukraine. So I mean, that'll be aired tomorrow. <laughs> so um, we appreciate you guys for signing in today and for checking in with us, and we'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock. <laughs>